Chapter 41. Return to Jupiter's Crossing. Pickett knew the landscape from maps, but it was different to be on foot. He didn't recognize this tree or that hillside. He lost his place in small ways many times, correcting course when he came to a large stream or a bigger landmark that he recognized. He kept up a steady pace, measuring his endurance against the long road he knew he had before him. He wouldn't stop. He hoped Smalls would, and so he hoped to overtake him before he reached Jupiter's crossing. If Smalls beat him to the crossing, he knew it would be too late. A terrifying image kept presenting itself to his mind. It always found him arriving just in time so that he could, like Uncle Wilfred with King Jupiter, see the horrible thing happening and be powerless to alter anything. He bounded on. His feet dug into the earth, shattering clods and spinning rocks as he threaded through brush and sped through clearings. His heart pounded. His body cried out against the pace, screaming at him to rest. But his mind argued back. Don't stop. Never stop. He had reached the base of the mountain in what he believed had been good time and had made good progress across the foothills, stopping only to drink. He had eaten nothing since their breakfast of bread and cheese in Lord Rake's quarters that morning. Hunger gnawed at him, but he only drove on harder, refusing to consider rest. He ducked beneath a branch, snapped past several more, and sped on through an overgrown patch of forest. The woods were silent. He heard his own breathing, felt his own pounding heart, knew the familiar grind of displaced earth beneath his feet. He felt alone in the world. He hoped to reach Smalls before nightfall, but he was no scout. He wasn't able to read the ground. He could only pursue the quickest route he could calculate from Cloud Mountain to Jupiter's Crossing. He hoped he was fast enough to keep that hallowed ground from doubling its deadly reputation. Most of what he knew he'd learned from Uncle Wilfred. Jupiter's Crossing had been crossed for many lifetimes, though it had before only been called The Crossing. The place called Jupiter's Crossing meant the narrowest gap between forests and had been where rabbits would cross. They were easy targets for birds of prey. It had been deadly to try to cross their time out of mind, but King Jupiter made travel through safe. This was why Marvin Blackhawk had relished the irony of this location for King Jupiter's fall. When the sun was halfway down the sky in its evening descent, Pickett despaired. He believed he had only a few miles to go before he would reach the hallowed crossing. He was more and more convinced he would be too late. Weary, hungry, and hopeless, he went on. The last few miles toward Jupiter's crossing were hard, harrowing work. He jogged now, urging his weary body on. His thoughts were occupied with the many mysteries he was facing. Heather had called him Jupiter Smalls, the son and heir of King Jupiter Good. Smalls had the green ember. Pick a thought back to Nick Hollow and the Lady of the Glen. Was that Jupiter's widow, Smalls' mother? So much that Uncle Wilfred had said now made sense. How ironic was it that all those who hated the Longtreaders, Uncle Wilfred especially, had no idea that the one he devoted his life to protecting was Jupiter's heir. They had kept Small's identity a secret, and he could see why. Now he, nephew to the traitor Garden Longtreader, and marred with the scorn heaped on the Longtreader brothers, was the only one near enough to help the lonely, hunted prince. He was the only one who could save Jupiter Smalls. He shivered. He felt the weight of the task settle on him. It would crush him, he was sure. He was as much Uncle Garton as he was Uncle Wilfred, or father. Hadn't he as much as betrayed Jack's? And had he not betrayed Smalls as well, with all his moping, moody foolishness? He would stumble, as he always had. He would show he was unequal to the task. There would be birds. He almost vomited at the thought. Terror seized him, so that he could barely put one foot in front of the next. At least he could stay on the ground, die on the ground like a rabbit, and not up in a tree. 
He carried on, trying to think of his father, mother, and Jack's. He thought of Heather, Emma, and Hayward, Helmer, Mrs. Weaver, Uncle Wilfred, and Smalls. He tried to be brave for them all. He could not save the world, but he could go down fighting for Heather and the rest. I will at least do that. Then Pickett saw what he had been looking for, a stream running north, the unmistakable sign that he was getting close. He slowed, suddenly conscious that there might be wolves, birds of prey, or any number of evil creatures in the area. They would likely leave this path unguarded, lest Smalls should become suspicious. It was almost certain that they could take Smalls in the forest along the way, but if they waited for him to come to the infamous clearing, they would greatly reduce the possibility of an escape. As the horrors of history had demonstrated, there was nowhere to hide at Jupiter's crossing. The sun was getting low, nearing the horizon of trees, when he had his first glimpse of the clearing. He followed the path now, darting through the trees and peering ahead, searching for some sign of smalls. Then he saw. Jupiter Smalls lay on the field in the midst of Jupiter's crossing, his arms bound behind him and his neck laid bare to the teeth of Red-Eye Garlickson. <laughs>